The biggest crypto asset, Bitcoin, of course, gained over 50% in 2021. A big return, double the stock market. But last year, BTC rallied 300% plus. Mr. Kevin Kelly joins us to talk some crypto, co-founder and head of macro markets at Delphi Digital. Kevin, welcome back. Good to have you here. So was it a good or bad year for Bitcoin? Nice big return, 50%, but by Bitcoin standards, how did it fare? Yeah, so it was, it was a bit of a tale of two halves in a sense, right? You had a pretty remarkable run up in early to mid 2021, a sizable period of consolidation, a breakout back to new all time highs. And then really in Q4, uh, tried to ruin the holiday season, I guess you'd say a little bit early with this massive deleveraging and, and Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto market struggling a bit to uh, recover from or get back to those previous highs we saw earlier this year. I think one thing you know you mentioned in this intro, you know, last year obviously being a pretty remarkable year for Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto market, and then as we kind of head into uh, uh, 2022 here, we're seeing a bit more, quite a bit more price volatility and, and some sizable drawdowns. I think one of the things, especially related to Bitcoin, that you can point to is the shifting kind of macro dynamics. Right? You mentioned it's been trading. Uh, in line with risk assets. That's typically actually what we've seen historically. Mm -hmm. You see these big periods of market volatility, oftentimes not good for Bitcoin. Um, you have a lot of that spillover effect into, into Bitcoin and the crypto market. And so the big battle and what we're watching for heading into 2022, I guess you could say, is these kind of shifting macro dynamics, right? And the, and the, and the tailwinds, you know, global liquidity growth and expansion and looser uh, monetary conditions and financial conditions that trend starting to reverse itself in, in quite a substantial way is definitely, I think, a headwind, at least in the short to medium term for this market. How big a headwind, Kevin? Uh, I've described interest rate hikes as the Achilles heel for Bitcoin. Is it that extreme or can this be an asset that uh, does okay as policy tightens up and that liquidity spigot starts to reverse? It's a great question, and I think, to be honest, I mean, myself being a, a bit of a, a permabull on, on the broader crypto market, it <laughs> means me to say, uh, but I do think it is going to be a pretty significant headwind, right? If you think about, you know, Bitcoin being the most kind of levered bet on fiat currency debasement, as you and I have talked about, if the dynamics shift, in which case, you know, things like the dollar, which is probably one of the most important macro variables to watch right now, if the dollar uh, continues to, to have some likes to and continues to strengthen the read through there with, you know, global liquidity tightening, uh, certainly I think, again, if, you, if your thesis is that levered case on fiat currency debasement, then the opposite of that is is essentially in effect uh, here in uh, late 2021 heading into 2022. I will say, though, I think we're starting to see a divergence between, we'll call it kind of macro crypto, which is really these arguments we're making around Bitcoin and the rest of the sector, which is more almost, you know, tech crypto or, or trying to disrupt a handful of other, um, you know, large Web2 industries, you could say, that really doesn't have too much impact or is a bit more isolated, I guess you could say, from some of these macro variables. Uh, uh, Kevin, as you identify yourself as a perma-crypto bull, I guess I will out myself as a long-standing crypto cynic. However, I will say that when I hear things like the president yesterday talking about how we need to pass trillions more in stimulus because the stock market went down for a day when his uh, senator pushed back against it, I mean, 
That to me is like the most bullish uh, event for Bitcoin of the year. I mean, what is the relationship going to be, do you think, as Bitcoin being that kind of referendum on policy going forward? Even if the Fed is tightening things up, what if this is the dialogue we keep getting from DC? Is that the type of thing that could keep the Bitcoin narrative in power? Yeah, it certainly could. And I'll say really quickly, it's one of my favorite uh, aspects of talking to you because you and I can can butt heads, but at the end of the day, I think we <laughs> both respect each other's I appreciate that. On side of the uh, side of this argument. Um, I do think that it certainly can be bullish for Bitcoin on the fiscal policy side, but it is important to again understand how that fiscal uh, uh, stimulus, so to speak, or support is coming into the market. Right? It's not if you have these kind of direct payments that we saw, you know, earlier this year and last year. That is, I think, a much more kind of bullish case for. Uh, Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto market because that money can essentially funnel into this market. Whereas if it's coming through more kind of infrastructure builds um, and making its way into the real economy, it might take a bit longer for it to hit this market. But, you know, the point you made about the stock market going down and seeing policymakers react, you and I have been talking about this for a long time now. The, it seems as if we've gotten to a point where, you know, the Fed especially is, is a bit handcuffed, right? Because the real the financial markets and the real economy are so intertwined at this point. If you see people, especially retirements, baby boomers, their net worth going down, you know, 20, 30 percent. If you see a significant drawdown in these markets, that I think is going to wake policymakers up and bring them back to the table, both on the fiscal and monetary front. So the long game TLDR is the long game really hasn't changed much, but the short to medium term outlook is a bit more volatile. Uh, Kevin, that uh, other part of the crypto world, we talk about Bitcoin a lot, uh, definitely seems like it has very important macro connections. I think everybody got on board with that this year. You and I have been talking about it for years. It seems like one of the big developments was the broader market participant base realizing Bitcoin's connections to the macro. But then the other stuff that's out there, the next uh, web 3.0 or the DeFi and the yield farming from crypto and those types of topics, are those going to become investable themes for everyday people anytime soon? I mean, I know that you can get exposure if you're in the crypto weeds and you know your way around. If folks are interested, they can follow Delphi. They can read about what you guys are doing. But as far as regular everyday investors go, we're still largely limited to thinking about Bitcoin. Do those other big themes this year make their way into more traditional markets or investing uh, strategies uh, maybe next year, anytime soon? Where does that kind of fringe come into the, into the everyday investor's life? Yeah, it's a good point. And I think in 2022, these are going to become much more investable themes, right? In part because you're seeing a lot more liquidity for some of these, we'll call them alternative crypto assets, right? Big themes that we're watching is alternative, what we consider layer one blockchains, right? Especially those that are kind of trying to steal market share from one of the big incumbents, which is Ethereum. So you look at something like a couple names that we're watching, uh, Terra Luna, uh, Luna's the, the ticker for Terra. Uh, that's one that we're, we're pretty bullish on going into 2022. Avalanche is another very interesting one. Uh, Solana's has been, uh, had a lot of headlines and been in the news recently, and there's a lot of really interesting developments going on there. So from an investor standpoint, there's ways to kind of play this market in some of these more liquid base layer names that you can get exposure to, you have that liquidity there. Um, and I think as institutions come in and conversations that we're having kind of anecdotally, there is a lot of uh, focus on, you know, how do you start to branch out beyond just Bitcoin and even beyond just, you know, the Ethereum's of the world and get some more exposure to this space. The other big thing that, you know, we're watching next year is, is this proliferation of NFTs, right, which obviously had a massive kind of hype cycle earlier this year. 
I think the focus now is going to be on using this technology and using these interactive digital assets for, for uh, is how we kind of look at these things. How do you start to create really unique business models, especially in some of the creative industries that I think is going to really usher in the next wave of crypto users, right? That's what brings it mainstream. It's not necessarily DeFi and yield farming while that's all well and good. I think the more kind of consumer facing applications that integrate some of these assets uh, are gonna be what, what ushers in, again, the next kind of big wave of mainstream adoption. Okay. Good stuff, Kevin, and uh, appreciate you being here. Let's wrap it up with this. Uh, always helpful and throughout the year, too. Uh, have a great new year. You too, Ollie. Good to see you, man. Thank you. Kevin Kelly, co-founder and head of Macro Markets at Delphi Digital. In the meantime, while we wait for all the funky crypto stuff to make its way into the investable world, it still is on the crypto exchanges. Let's bring in Tom and let's trade one that has been a major focal point for investors in the stock market, that is MicroStrategy. Tom, it's hanging in there, MicroStrategy, even throughout some of the broader crypto volatility. How do you trade this thing going into 2022? Well, if you look at the correlation between the way that Bitcoin moves and MicroStrategy, which owns about 100 and what, 122,000 bitcoins at this point. So they're a good proxy. That's a lot of bits. Yeah, that's a, that's a good proxy for uh, traders to use MicroStrategy as a Bitcoin type of uh, play. So um, I looked at this going out, uh, you know, maybe a month, but I want to give myself uh, maybe uh, a neutral to bullish type stance on this uh, as an example in a name like My MicroStrategy, where, you know, we're going to probably see some fluctuations and volatility in this, in Bitcoin, which is going to equate because of the high correlation to MicroStrategy to that stock. So it's high price stock, uh, you know, $500 a share, uh, just over $500. So I looked at going out to the January cycle as the new year uh, comes, uh, comes into play and selling a put vertical as opposed to maybe taking a little bit more aggressive strategy. So selling this put vertical that's out of the money to the downside, selling the 500 strike put, and then uh, buying the 480 strike put, creating this neutral to bullish $20 wide uh, uh, put vertical to the downside. If I can collect a credit of $5 per spread, that means uh, that's what I can make on it, $500 per spread with about $1,500 in risk. But I think the key with this type of strategy is I still give myself that cushion of over $65, $70 to the downside before I start getting hurt on this type of strategy. So while it's a neutral to bullish strategy, I've also got that cushion and higher probability of success because I've got about a 70% probability that micro strategy is gonna remain above the 500 strike into expiration in 30 days, which is what you want on that type of strategy. So still bullish, Ollie, but a little bit more conservative and staying risk defined because we all know this product, this stock can be uh, pretty volatile. Yes, it can. Okay, so as long as it stays above 495, that gives you a lot of breathing room from where it currently trades here, about 70 bucks lower, selling downside to capitalize on stability, upside, or even just a lack of a big sell-off. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks, Tom. Yep. A crypto trade in public markets.